Welcome to Talking Tuesday. I am your host, Fancy Quant, and today I wanted to talk just a little bit about the cost of education. So I've been thinking about this a lot in the sense that I'm having to train new employees. Um, I did a career report with Carnegie Mellon's data and information. Maybe I'll link it below if you're interested in talking about that. But that information was on compensation of students coming out of graduate program. They have their master's degree. Uh, there's an alumni report showing how much money they can make over the life of their career, essentially how much their employees are currently making. And like 94% of those graduates are making more than 150. And on the upper end, there was like 13% that were making like over 500 or $650,000. So again, compensation was good on these. These are interesting reports on quant finance in itself. But I started to think about this a lot in the sense of who is responsible for training the employee and how much is it worth? And I think that's a valid question to ask and to understand here. So one of my frustrations on the business side, explaining this to business people, when I worked in corporate finance and accounting and everything, it was really nice to have people that understood just the core fundamentals, you know, time value of money, uh, a bunch of just basic accounting things, like even be able to like how a balance sheet works and how to do debits and credits manually and all that. Um, but I could train almost anyone to do that. And the training cost for that wasn't super high. Um, and then you look now like at the cost of an MBA. Um, again, I would argue an MBA doesn't do substantial training educationally above and beyond. But one of the advantages of an MBA is they teach you to hobschnob around with all these people and, you know, go out for drinks and meet companies and do networking and all that. Now, you might ask yourself, okay, is it worth it? Well, people are still paying over $100,000 for an MBA. So there has to be some sort of training or value there that they're able to get back. And what I mean by this is that, you know, a company is willing to say, hey, I will pay for a graduate of somewhere and I really want an MBA or I really want a business degree and I'm going to train them because I'm going to have to put some training into them, but I want to do this job and I'm going to pay them, you know, 80,000 or 100,000 or 120,000 or something to start. That educational information, like that has some sort of value in the sense of that the student realizes they're going to pay about a hundred grand for these, you know, MBAs and they're going to get some sort of value uh, that pays out so that they're getting, you know, compensation to pay that back. Now this isn't always the case. Some people go and get these degrees and they turn out to be worthless because there's a bunch of factors in how good a program is and how they, you know, are able to place students in good jobs or not good jobs. And a lot of this comes down to networking and a bunch of other factors. And I look at this for quant finance as well. And it's interesting to look at this globally because master's programs in the United States can range from like 50,000 to 100 plus thousand for a quantitative finance master's. A lot of them fall in like that 70,000-ish range in the 70s somewhere. And yet that's a lot of money to pay for a master's degree, especially when you go to other countries, for example, like in Europe, where the degrees are very cheap or free because it's part of your taxes. And so you have to start thinking about, okay, how much of that's coming in from tax dollars. But oddly enough, a lot of the jobs in Europe don't pay very well. And so again, as an investment perspective here, how much money do you put in versus how much money do you get out? Um, There's also the the idea of value, right? That employee has to add some sort of value. Now, I don't know how you essentially reconcile the difference between the United States and Europe because you could jump to the conclusion that perhaps those in quantitative finance in the United States are adding more value than those in Europe, but that's probably coming more from the fact that perhaps financial markets in the United States are 
much larger uh, than those in Europe. So it's easier for an employee in the United States to add more value. Um, also in the cost factor here too. So now going to the whole topic of this video, which is training. Um, as someone who makes YouTube videos and education, it it spins my mind. Like I don't, I can't grasp how to properly train and how to put people together because there's so many factors that go into this. Um, I have to know your educational background of where you're starting at. Uh, from a corporation standpoint, let's say I have a few different people and I'm going to do some hiring here. Um, with that hiring, I need to know what is your background and where is your education level at? And that's part of the interview process is trying to figure out how much training these individuals are going to need because the more training you need, the more that costs a firm. So think about a manager that has two employees. Uh, one employee, they spend two hours with a week to train and get them going. The other person, they spend 20 hours a week with to training it going. Uh, now, a manager is going to be someone who's far more expensive on the salary range. They're paying you more money per hour, essentially. And if you're spending 20 hours on an employee, it reduces the value of that employee because now it costs the firm more money to get them off the ground and going, whereas the other employee uh, requires maybe a couple hours, which isn't that much. But again, you're going to have to do some training. That's just how the world works. And when you start to think about this now, from a quant finance perspective, you start to realize that this is one reason why a master's in quantitative finance is a minimum requirement. Firms are trying to reduce the cost of training. And the question now that I have is, who should be responsible for the educational training piece? And would it be beneficial for employees essentially to pay companies to train them? Because as much as I love academia, I think there's a big disconnect between the academics and the industry in the sense that you know, academic institutions promise students a degree. And, you know, if you get our degree and pay us that $70,000, we'll give you this great education, which you can use to go get a really good job. At least is how I like professional master degree works, like MBAs and some of the quant degrees. And what they end up doing is then you say, okay, I'm going to pay, you know, $70,000 for this degree. I'm going to come out making, I don't know, say $100,000. Within a few years, I should be able to pay this loan back. So pretty good value here. Now, the question being though, is that the academic institutions are just trying to place students. Doesn't matter where they place them, right? There's not an investment in how good a quality it is. They're really wanting firms just to hire their students. And there's some incentive, which MBAs think have done a much better job than the quant finance realm here, which is how do you get your students into firms? Those firms are happy and they come back and hire more of those students. Now, from a quant perspective, there are some top name quant programs, but to be honest with you, I haven't found any quant master's programs where it's like, it's a slam dunk if you hire any of their grads. There's still a lot of variation in student quality within these firms. And so, you know, an idea kind of to think about here is, would it make more sense for the firms to hire students maybe from an undergrad level? Let's just put it at that to start with here. Uh, at an undergrad level, hire undergrads and then train them up to the point that they would have enough value to the firm that you could pay them a lot higher wage. Now, the issue with this, which I don't think a lot of people realize, is firms often don't want to train people because it is extremely costly. That's why a lot of these master's degrees cost you know $70,000 is because a lot of times it's thinking about the professors. So professors can range in salary from probably $40,000, $60,000 up to $200,000, $250,000 depending on the degree in the schools and everything. Like my stats professor that I thought was the best was making like 70, 75, 80, um, which is decent money. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have to think about if you have 
a person working full time at seventy, eighty thousand dollars, how many employees are you going to have to train um, to make that value worth it for you? Right. So just another big cost on the firm. And yet the current system works better in the sense that the firm doesn't have to pay for that training and they can try to weed people out and prevent having to do as much training. Um, but again, the student's going to bear the cost of that master's, that $70,000 here in the US. Now, I think goal-wise it would make more sense for the firms to do it, but the reason I think it doesn't work in practice is say an employee starts, they get all this training for free, so just assuming they're working there, and they're getting paid by the company, and then they jump and leave and go somewhere else, it's basically like a free education. And I think this is where quality is the issue of, if you want a quality education, you're gonna have to pay some money to get it because it takes somebody's time. Like somebody like myself has to sit down with you and train you and go through these processes. And from an industry perspective, it's far easier to train people on the job than it is to train people like on YouTube or in a university setting because in a job, I have real problems with real data and real issues and I can quickly you know, build out, show you like the issue and you go, oh, that makes complete sense. And I was assigned this project to model this, this problem. And there's all these other problems, these smaller problems that we have to solve. And so I can teach and train you much quicker. So I think it's it's an interesting question. The whole purpose of this video is just kind of to chat about this and play with the idea of, you know, should companies be training more? And if so, how do you offset that cost to the company? Uh, I would like to see, I think it'd be an interesting experiment in itself is if employees from say a undergrad level, I don't know, came out and they actually worked for free for the company or they paid the company to work for them for so many years to get to, I don't know, we'll call it a mastery level, put it in air quotes here, a mastery level education because it would reduce a lot of the cost on the student per se. So it shouldn't be 70,000 because if this company is getting out some value. But again, how do you make that worthwhile for the company? How do you prevent cost on the student? How do you align these? Um, I think it's just a really challenging struggle. And I know a lot of students complain and they say, Dimitri, you know, you only hire masters and PhD students. You know, I, I want to do this and I have an undergrad and I'm really smart and you could train me and whatever. And it's like, they don't realize the training piece is super expensive and time consuming. And that's why firms don't want to do the training. It is extremely expensive. And there's nothing, so the United States at least, there's nothing to lock these employees in for a given amount of time to get your value out of them. So if you put a bunch of time and effort and money into the training, uh, if they just jump and leave, you just lost a bunch of money. So that's something to consider and to think about. Um, also, even from the perspective now of currently master's and PhD students here, which is going to be, your degree only takes you so far. I still have to train you. And I think this is a big eye-opening experience and shocking for those with PhDs because there aren't really that many quant finance PhDs. There's a few. Um, but those that come from the other areas don't realize like your PhD gives you a little bit of an edge. You're not a genius. Hate to say it. You're not a genius. You have tons to learn. I still have to do a ton of training on you. And sometimes your PhD might be in an area that's not super relevant. So you might actually require more training than a master's student who's already been trained in quant finance, for example. And so looking at value here, you know, you need to realize that from a PhD level is how much value can you add and how much training you're going to take? Because I think often these PhDs are promised, oh, in quant finance, you can make, you know, tons and tons of money. But the issue is I still have to train you. And the question being is you're going to be easier or harder to train 
uh, than your competitors who have other PhDs or other masters here. So anyways, just some things to think about, just some perspectives on this. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys think in the comments below here on YouTube. You know, do you think it would make sense for companies to do the training? How would you offset those costs? Would they be long-term contracts that you would lock employees into? Like you have to work here for say three or four years because we could do training for a year or two while you're working and, you know, on and off training, but get that value out of you. Uh, is that even feasible? Or if not, how would we go about fixing the disconnect between academic institutions where they just want to place students into jobs that pay money just so their program looks good. Um, but again, as an employer, I still have to train all these people, even though they're coming out of master's degrees. Um, there's just a large training gap, even when you have a master's or PhD requirement. So anyways, just some food for thought. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And as always, until next time.